Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Talking into a microphone that isn't on, Andy. It is Andy Jacobs. And now we're going to... Uh, obviously a big football focus, not football focus, obviously, but a big football focus today. So we spoke to Henry Winter uh, around England and now uh, we need to free up Harry Kane and any changes he'd make. Big Colin Hendry was back in the yeah. Scotland camp. We spoke to Charlie Baker as well, that was a football chat Yes, as well. away from the Euros, poor old Charlie Baker, uh, uh, big talkie fan, he was uh, not bitter, he was bittersweet. And uh, we also had a chat with Johnny Owen, our very own and, and reflected on Wales' fine performances, plus some clips of the week pewter, which were rather good. And so here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, I left you on Friday. You were on your way to, to the game. What yes. Was, what was your match night experience? The match night experience was pretty good. Uh, the the organisation around the virus was very good. You went in, you showed either your, your test or the fact you'd had two vaccinations. Mm. And then they gave you a little uh, wristband, which kind of got you through all those sort of areas. And you'd been checked medically. Uh, once in Wembley, it was all pretty straightforward. They asked you to keep your masks on. And uh, there were some sort of mask police coming around the area that myself, told you, you know. <laughs> the producer was seeing. But I think if you looked at the crowd, generally most people didn't have no. have masks on. Uh, people weren't wading into to deal with that. It's a great atmosphere in mm. the stadium. The, the, the Scotland fans and England fans making plenty of noise for twenty two and a half thousand. So it felt it felt like a lot more. So it was great. It was a, I mean, it was an intriguing game. I think if maybe if you're watching on the box, you've been bored with it, but you never quite knew it was going to go. Didn't feel that. No, I, enjoy, I mean, I, I enjoyed the game. So did I. I enjoyed it, but you I've know. heard a lot of people say it was a dull nil-nil. I don't think well, it was. I don't think it was. It was, it was interesting. I mean, Yuri Geller reckons that uh, he, he guided John Stone's header onto the post. Not like him to say something like that, is it? Really? <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? He's pushing but, his uh, luck there. If that had gone in, it would have been a different uh, game whatsoever. But, yeah. in the end, but, you know, you could say that about the... Well, it was later yeah. in the game, but the Lyndon Dykes one as well, oh, off yeah. the line from James. It's frustrating, though, Lyndon Dykes, uh, reading what he had to say after the game, that they were so much up, more up for it than... You know, that's unacceptable, that. And I, I don't know, we'll speak to Henry about this. I don't understand why England have gone, especially Gareth, gone so conservative. All this two holding midfield players. Rice, when he plays for West Ham, he's like 
bombing forward. I mean, they did the stats. I mean, basically, one out of Rice's five of Rice's passes went forward. Only one, and Phillips only one out of six went forward. So, they, and you just got that sense they were just playing to each other, passing in front yeah. of each other. It's just, yeah, it's just so it was, disappointing to seeing them play like this with all this great talent to be so conservative. Watching a team in white playing front of the op- playing <laughs> yeah, front of the exactly. opposition at Wembley felt like I was watching Tottenham there again. It but really- it's not just that. I mean, I think England. About the last five or six games have played like this. Mm. It's just I don't really get it. I mean, I know it's well, a tournament football, but it is. You know. And you know, Gareth actually admitted it. He said there comes a point in the game where you think, you know, it's, it's, we might not win it, but it's just important that we don't lose it. And you kind of sense that on the pitch, and you sensed it in the substitution. In 2018. One of the things about England is that they were refreshing the way they played. Mm. They played with a lot of verve, and I thought there was that was all. It's all been missing that anyway. Other, it's been a good tournament. I've been enjoying. Oh, yeah. the, I enjoyed the, the Germany Portugal game was. It was it's great, and I got quite excited because you know my acting is so poor. Oh yeah! So I've decided to do something about it. I've enrolled in the Pepe School of Drama. Oh yeah! Home of Portugal's finest thespians. He's very good. He's quite grizzled now. He's good for a character role. <laughs> yeah, he won't get the half from roles anymore. Honestly, he's the worst I've ever seen. I mean, he just every tackle, he just throws himself to the floor, and, yeah. he's, and then he goes down. Well, he is getting on a bit. Maybe he had a fall. Maybe that's how <laughs> oh, Pepe's had a fall. I think the younger players say that. I wonder if they do. Peter Walton was on great form during the oh, weekend. Oh, yeah, Peter Walton. There is a, definitely a new TV series, isn't it? Peter Walton's fantastic uh, line that he came out with during the game. Only time will tell. <laughs> but surely, is that offside? Only time will tell. I think, well, isn't that your job he said, to tell did, us? Did he get a fleck, t- fleck rather than yeah. Jota? A time will tell. And you think, That's right. By the time he said that, they've already moved on. Time did tell. Yeah. He didn't. It's fantastic. <laughs> Let's bring Peter Wharton in here. Was that a penalty, Peter? Well, only time will tell. <laughs> it's money for jam, isn't it, really? And you must see my man, Bernadeschi. What a oh, great yeah, Bernard- he is. Bernadeschi, he's very good. <laughs> he's, uh, all your beer's always cold with Bernadeschi. <laughs> you never have any problems. The ref in the Wales game, they did this before he sent Ampadu off. And it, that apparently, he's, he's, yeah, he's, there have only been two red cards yeah. and he's responsible. But he's a real Mr. Fussy. So I thought we need one of Dan's Mr. Men bits if he gets the final, this okay. fella. <laughs> yes, I'm sensing he won't get the no, final. I'm he won't. No. And I was reading yesterday about uh, Meghan Markle and the team that surrounds her. Mm. And uh, one of her. It's not f- England, is it? No, not really. <laughs> okay. form, no, no, but. Somebody we all know, a former talent agent, is Nick Collins. So uh, I don't what, know if it's that sky? one. I don't know. I wonder if she's a, as good as he is at England press conference. It'd be great to film him outside their Hollywood home on a ladder that he falls off. Yes, I don't think it's can't the same. Be, it's can't not, be the not same. The same uh, I'll tell you one thing, though. You know that England were negative when even Jose Mourinho and his son called him on Saturday said, We didn't take enough risk. <laughs> Hello? Must have been McFly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Ridiculous, but there, what are you going to do? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, after Friday's game at Wembley against Scotland, I think most uh, England fans would like to see uh, England playing on the front foot a little bit mm. more, moving the ball quicker, uh, maybe the manager being a little bit more dynamic in his uh, choice of substitutions. Uh, but will we see that? And uh, how no. should we line up? Or should we make any changes? Uh, Henry Winter joins us now, the uh, Times chief football writer. Henry, good afternoon. Hi, Paul. Hi, Andy. Uh, your piece today says England have to change the tempo, not the team. Um, I mean, that that was the real standout watching mm. the game being there the other night like you. It was just that ponderous nature of the way England were playing. And it was a slight surprise because Southgate picked more attacking fullbacks with Rhys James, who, as Andy knows, you know, what, what amazing season he's had. And Luke Shaw as well, you know, for Manchester United on the on the other side. And that they almost sort of froze, particularly Rhys James. And we, we've seen him go forward so often. Obviously, he was up against Robertson, who's a fantastic player, and Tierney was bombing forward a little bit. But we've just seen Rhys James just play so well this season and deliver the balls. And again, that sort of plays into the Harry Kane debate as well in terms of the service. But, you know, we talked to the England players all week. We spoke to Gareth Southgate on the eve of the tournament. I mean, those of us who who went to England-Scotland games as kids at Hampton, who've, who've covered England-Scotland throughout. I mean, everyone was focusing on, on Gaza and Euro 96, and they thought that Phil Foden would just come in and he would flick the ball over Grant Hanley's head and then the <laughs> David Marshall a la Gaza. These games are wars of attrition, England-Scotland games. I mean, you know, we're a generation where we remember the home international championships at the end of the season. And you had the Scots absolutely fired up for it, as they were. And I don't think England were enough. And I think that is down to the individual responsibility of the players and clearly Southgate as well. Yeah, you made that point in your in your piece today, you know, that Scotland were playing for their lives in this tournament. Uh, Kane said this, and you, you feel that this should be England's mindset as well. And it never is, is it, in tournaments? I mean, maybe if we play France or somebody, we might act the underdog. But generally, we don't do what Scotland and Wales do when we're playing for our country or the players don't. You look at the Scottish players and look, also, I mean, let's hope that Billy Gilmore makes a, a speedy recovery. And what, what a fantastic player. I mean, obviously, Andy, mm. from your perspective. Actually, Andy, what I've got, do you want him to go on loan or do you want him to stay? Yeah, somebody season? asked me this and uh, I think he should go on loan for a year. I do feel this. I do think that it won't do him any good playing 10 games for Chelsea next mm. season. And Jorginho 
won't last forever and he is the natural successor to him and I really like him in that it's not obviously down to me but if it was down to me I'd I'd say go out on loan but go somewhere where you're going to play either in Germany play for a top team or you know a middle ranking team in the Premier League where you actually play every week if you're not going to play every week then you might as well stay at Chelsea well, I mean, young English players certainly know the way to, to, to Holland and Germany. Mm-hmm. The only thing is you look at Phil Foden's development. I'm not comparing them as players, different mm-hmm. players, different characters. I understand all that. But in terms of Phil Foden, what he's learned under Pep Guardiola, and Guardiola was adamant about this when we were sort of quizzing him two, three years ago. Are you going to send Foden out on loan? He said, no, he can develop by, by training initially mm-hmm. alongside David Villiers and Kevin De Bruyne and things like that. So... Look, the thing is, you've got an absolute jewel of a player. So, uh, you know, absolute speedy recovery to him. Definitely. Uh, In the Sunday Times yesterday, Wayne Rooney and his column were saying he'd like to see Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front with Harry Kane. He said Harry's been isolated in both games, especially against Scotland. We played against three centre-halves, which is always difficult. Calvert-Lewin could make a difference. He can run channels, occupy the centre-backs, win headers, bring the crossing ability of someone like James into play. He could do for England what Olivier Giroud does for France, offering a different option. And Kane could play more in the number 10 role. He started to occupy for Spurs. What do you make of that? I mean, look, you see a lot of Harry Kane at Spurs and I know he can play the 10 fantastically. So that under Jose Mourinho, I still prefer him as a nine. I still think I want to see him more in the box. And I, I just think it's a great, I mean, Calvert-Lewin is a, is a fantastic player and I'm sure they would, would dovetail well together. But I want to see Kane more as the sort of the Shearer and maybe a sort of another Sheringham type sort of brought in to, 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 to assist him. But just to get more width. I mean, it's the, the width is absolutely key, and, and England will pour on that. You've obviously got, you know, we, we play a lot with uh, inverted wingers. Foden was obviously going to come inside. Sterling probably did his best work, as we saw with the goal against Croatia uh, through the middle. But then you, the, the, you know, the priorities then for the fullbacks to absolutely sort of push on. I think if you can do that more, if you can see, I mean, you were mentioning the uh, statistics earlier about uh, Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips, twenty mm. percent and sixteen percent respectively of their of their passes. So, were, were forward. There has to be more than that. And there were a couple of, I mean, it's a point that Shearer was making at the weekend. You know, Declan Rice had a, you know, had an opportunity a couple of times just to ping a quick 30 yard ball through to the feet of, uh, of, of Kane, but they went wide. They played over. I think England slightly overcomplicated. I mean, look, possession is great, but sometimes get the ball forward quicker towards Harry Kane. I, I, will, I mean, look, he may well spring a surprise and bring a Calvert Lewin in. I think, if anything, the changes will come in more in defence for, for, for this game against the Czechs. I mean, I sent you a t- tweet, a text rather, in the middle of the game. How often do England spurn the forward ball to retain possession? And that's mm. the thing you're talking about there. What about the substitutions? Uh, people were very critical that he took Foden off. I couldn't see it myself either. I thought yeah. he was having a decent game. Well, he's also he's too slow. I mean, I, I can remember Jose Mourinho. I'm sure you'll you'll talk to him about this. I mean, there was one game at St James's Park with uh, with Chelsea early on. Andy, you probably remember it. But he took three players off at half time. I think Chelsea actually finished up with with nine players on the pitch. But I like that decisive action. I think Southgate. You know, I know he's he's often accused of being too cautious, but I think he's particularly cautious, not so much necessarily in his team selections, because you couldn't actually dispute against Scotland with two attacking fullbacks and a, and a front four like that, with Phillips also, as you're supposed to, holding midfield, but actually playing more as an eight and pushing on. But actually, it's his changes during the games. We saw it very expensively in the in the semi-final against Croatia when he reacted. We didn't react at all, really. Uh, and also, I think, against Scotland 
Haaland. You know, he's got an opportunity to make five substitutions. Don't always make like for like. Make other changes as well. So I think there's a sort of focus on uh, on, on Southgate there. Finally, Henry, um, looking at your team in the, in the Times today, uh, effectively the same personnel apart from uh, Maguire for Mings. That's the only change you would make. I wouldn't be surprised if Trippier comes back in as well. I mean, I, I feel a bit for Mings because I think he's been, he's actually done really well. And England haven't conceded a goal for six and a half hours. And he's been part of that in terms of the friendlies and in terms of the two, uh, quali- two uh, group matches. I think Maguire, if Southgate feels he's fit, and Southgate's the only one who'll know, if he feels that Maguire is fit, he'll come in there. He'll maybe bring the ball out a little bit more. He'll encourage Stones to sort of push on as well. He'll he'll increase the urgency, which that team definitely needs, as we saw against Scotland. The the intensity simply wasn't good enough. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Now, apart from all the uh, European Championship uh, football, there was a huge domestic dust-up yesterday, the National League playoff between Hartlepool mm. and Torquay. And it was a dramatic, eventful game. Amazing, actually, by the sound of it. Yeah. Now, if you were listening to uh, the warm-up on Saturday, you would have heard Charlie Baker, uh, Max's co-presenter, talking about it. Our producer, John Cadogan, uh, is a big talkie fan. He was at the game with Charlie yesterday. They do the National Obsession podcast, and they were hoping to return after seven long years uh, back to the the league. That's the way I look at it. Every every cloud, I said to John. Well, that's right. At least they've still got a National League podcast, but I doubt if they're feeling good about that at the moment. Well, you heard from Jeff Sterling, the victor. Let's hear from the vanquished Charlie Baker. Good afternoon, Charlie. I'd like to report a robbery. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was controversial because you felt with with VAR at that level, uh, a couple of goals that you had chalked off uh, may have may have been allowed. It's difficult to talk about it without sounding massively bitter. <laughs> well, feel free. You had, you had Jeff quite triumphant earlier on, so you can sound as bitter as you like. Jeff deserves it. Hartlepool deserve it. They mm. played very. They played very well. They had a really good second half of the season, and uh, Dave Challenger did a really good job. They had some really good players, and yesterday they had, they had loads of energy. Played some really good football. I mean, we had so many chances, and we put the ball in the net three times, two of which were ruled out, um, and uh, they weren't. I don't know why they were disallowed. Nobody can tell me why they were disallowed. So, mm. look. You know, the, the keeper, to me, he comes for both, misses both. Our big defender, he's been playing on the left wing, gets up and heads them in. But look, it's hard to talk about it without sounding really, really bitter. <laughs> but we did have the amazing, amazing moment. Yes. Our goalkeeper, our goalkeeper Lucas Covalant, he's Brazilian and has been with us for a couple of years, was with us in the National League South. Um, we've had a sort of two-goalkeeper structure going on for a couple of years. His form since he came back from injury, has been unreal. He's been absolutely brilliant. I don't know what he's been doing, but he's been absolutely brilliant. He's kept us in games as good as a new signing, as good as signing, you know, a really great striker. Yesterday, he was phenomenal. And he comes up in the 96th minute when we think the game's done. And we're like, no, get back, get back. No, absolutely not. Nobody, <laughs> stop it. Don't be stupid. Get back, get back, It wasn't back, a set back. play, was it? It was an it open a play. play. I've never seen that well, before. He, he, yeah, he'd come up for a corner and mm. then didn't go back, stayed in the box. <laughs> Ball gets pumped back into the box. He rises above everybody, nods it in. The place goes absolutely wild. And he then proceeds to save two penalties in the penalty shootout. 
an amazing, amazing performance from him. Um, and oh, just a... It's still not enough well, to no avail. That's yeah, fine. that's right. No well, avail. Want to play <laughs> now, Charlie. You've, uh, I mean, I mean, you've watched a lot of football, <laughs> mm. and I think, I think, if you go to football for long enough, I think you see everything, don't you? And you, yeah. and you experience, you, you experience everything, and you have to just accept it and take it on the chin. Yeah. But it's pretty deflating. I, I will say, I'm not my usual enthusiastic I can, self. I can hear that. You're not gigging. You're not gigging well. tonight. The, the um, <laughs> we're, now you do uh, with our producer John bring us the National Obsession podcast. Not a talkie podcast. Yes, really, not a, a national podcast. National League podcast. And still, <laughs> so um, but you were recording a little bit for the podcast at the moment. Mm. That uh, Coraline scored yeah. that incredible goal in the dying seconds. The goalkeeper, a man who played against Allison, our Allisoning Allison, uh, which is quite amazing. <laughs> so let's, let's hear as you were recording and maybe not completely focusing on the pitch at that point, thinking the game was done. This is what it sounded like. Uh, Sounds a bit wookie, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, Such a great moment, understandable really. that you should be recording stuff at that point. But yeah, uh, well, I'm I'm glad you told me it was John Cadogan because I thought I've been doing a podcast with Pat Nevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they've all been saying it everywhere we went. He just keeps saying, "I can't Big see Nev, it. John Collins is that Pat Nevin's son? Everywhere <laughs> we went last week, all around the country. Um, Look, if, if, there's, if there's anything I can take from yesterday. It was. I was there with my brother and my son and my nephew, hmm. and to experience that with them and that moment with them will stay longer yeah, in my mind than 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 losing a penalty shootout or not going up or you know. And the way that Gary has got the team playing, this Gary and Aaron Downs this season have got the team playing. They're such a good bunch of lads. They're all really young, except Danny Wright, who's about fifty-eight. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, he's been—he's been absolutely awesome for us. Um, but they're such a good bunch of positive, nice young men who all speak well as well, and and just a really lovely footballers. And we've had a brilliant season. I mean, it's really got me through this pandemic. It mm. really has. So I can only thank the club and thank Gary and thank everyone. You know, it's been. It's, it's just so so disappointing. So disappointing. Yeah. I can't. I, I can't. I can't fake it. No, I can tell. No, because I mean, especially when the whole season comes down to a penalty yeah. shootout. And look, people it's are questioning tough. whether two should go up automatically instead mm. of one in a playoff. But but our producer John seems it seems to be he seems to be taken out on bore and wood. He, 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 another year in the National League says to him, "I've got to go back to bore and wood again." No, seems to be everything that's wrong with the world. He thinks he might bump into Moose. I don't blame. That's him. probably what it is. It's Moose's club, isn't it? Yeah. He, he doesn't have to go. And also in the National League next year, you've got you've got uh, so many big English league teams, as, yeah. as uh, Sutton, the Sutton United fans used to call it, yeah. the BELTs. Hmm. Um, you've got Grimsby, you've got Wrexham, Chesterfield, yeah. Halifax. Wrexham with all that money, with the Hollywood got, money. You know, all yeah. that money, the Hollywood money, it's going to be amazing, oh, gonna gonna be be. amazing beating them, isn't yeah. it? It's going to be absolutely amazing beating them. You know, so many. Um, there's about twelve big old English league teams yeah. there. Um, 
It's and the it's the new so it's, it's, it's the new League be... Two, isn't it? Yeah, it's marvelous. It is well, league in in many ways, it's better than League Two. Yeah. And that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> so there you are, Hartlepool fans. Anyway, cheers, Charlie. We'll, you're back on Saturday with thanks, Matt. Yeah? yeah, back Saturday. Yeah, I will have I will have cheered up by then. Yeah, there we are. There. So you should do, certainly have a listen to the National Obsession podcast this week from wherever you get your podcast with all the uh, fallout. Two broken men. Uh, you'll be hearing there. And but well done to Hartlepool. I think if you concede in the 96th minute from a goalkeeper's header. Then pick yourself up, get through extra time, and then win the pens. Because you've got to be on the oh, floor. Yeah, no, I mean, it, to took, them, it took some doing. So well done to Jeff. I say he was on breakfast this morning. Congratulations to them. Four years out, they are back in the league. It is, uh, producer, not agreeing with me there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Yes, it's time uh, to get the latest from the Home Nations Camps and Association with Intuit QuickBooks and in a very entertaining mm. game last night in Rome. Wales couldn't get the win, but uh, they still qualified in second place uh, in uh, Group A. Fantastic achievement for them. Uh, time and a lot of it people was exciting they might... the way they were hanging on with yeah. 10 men. It was, it was admirable. And had chances themselves. One very notable one we're bound to touch on now mm. with uh, Wales fan... Uh, Talksport presenter, man, we caught up with in Cardiff last week. Johnny Owen, hi, Johnny. Hi, lads. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, Very we're good. good. We're good. I've just Andy had not seen good. that. I'm just, uh, hmm. I'm just in the services. I had to pull over. I'm about six hours into a journey from Wales to England because of traffic, but I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're floating. You're floating home. I'm floating right. back. Yeah. I mean, you guys were there, and I really enjoyed it when you came down to Cardiff. And, and afterwards, me and Andy were sitting and talking, and he was just going. There's just a good vibe down there. And I just it's hard to explain, isn't it? Mm. It just feels good, Wales, being in a, in a tournament. And I don't know what it is that we just seem to enjoy getting to major finals. It's a funny old thing, isn't it? Yeah. Dean and, Saunders this morning, he, he, it's the second time he said this on TalkSport, but it is true. He just goes through the whole team and says... He doesn't get a game for Spurs. He's not playing for them. He's only playing for Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> you go through the whole thing, you think... Neither goalkeeper gets a game. I know. <laughs> and you think, blimey, talk about the sum of your parts and all that. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? It is an extraordinary thing. I was in uh, Merthyr Town Football Club this week doing it, and it was a fantastic atmosphere. I mean, about a thousand people through the club watching games. Every game is sold out. It's not just that. They seem to have embraced the tournament in Wales in a wonderful way. Uh, and somebody pointed out when Joe Morrell was having this sensational game against Turkey, he said, "I don't know who's in the Luton team or the Luton midfield if he's keeping, if he's you know not getting a game at Luton. <laughs> it must be amazing. It must be biscuits and Iniesta. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But, uh, <laughs> it is, it is, it is an extraordinary thing that um, these players uh, sort of come. I mean, Kiefer Moore is is a massive player for Wales. He came on yesterday and he won the ball further up the pitch. He won us some free kicks. He got us a bit of breathing space. And Gareth Bale actually went across to him. I could see it and said, just sort of said to him, don't get booked because I think." I think Keith Moore is, is a really important part of the Welsh team. And Ali McCoy was brilliant on the breakfast the other morning. And he was talking about how that front four seemed to blend together so well. They've got a bit of everything, basically. They've got a typical number nine. You've got pace with Dan James. You've got players with technical ability like Aaron Ramsey. And you've got a game changer with Gareth Bale. So it's quite a potent front four, really, when, they, when you think about it. And I think that's what happens. That those boys play above themselves. They just seem to grow in stature in the red shirt. And, uh, and we love them as fans. And there's no pressure on them. We just love them. We love what they've achieved already. Mm. Yeah, Keith Moore was on a yellow, and uh, as was Ben Davis and Chris Mappham, so they were worried yeah. about them picking up cards and missing uh, the, the the next stage. But I did, Rob Page was saying they said to when they put uh, Kiefer Moore on, said try and jump without raising your arms, and they said they thought it was hilarious. <laughs> they were watching on the bench; it was like he was pogoing at a Sex Pistols gig. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, how do you elevate yourself? And he's because he's a big lad. Mm. You can almost ten, tell in the first five minutes what the referee is going to do with him during a game. If he if he gets the free kick, you think, oh, we're going to be all right. But sometimes some, some referees start penalising him. And yesterday was one of those games with the ref as well. I, I was really interested in what you were talking about earlier on when you had the referee on. He was very fussy with Wales. And there was a few bookings against us where you just feel sometimes as the smaller nation that you get those extra bookings that the Italians wouldn't get, you know, where their players dropped a knee onto Dan Dan James's back at one yeah. point. Little clever things that they don't get that we get. Do you know what I mean? But that's football, you know, we've got to we've got to cope with that. That's what being a smaller nation is. I was reading your column yesterday and uh, you talked about celebrating against the Swiss and it's amazing that you all celebrated together and somebody was filming it and somebody dubbed you in, didn't they? <laughs> this, is, this is COVID crisis is great for people who like telling off other people. It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> I had to apologise. I was up. I was up the uh, the club, and the local council came, and, and and the club. The guy who runs the club, Wayne, who was lovely. Was I just said, look, it was my fault. I said Wales scored this goal in a match where we were clinging on. I was with my brother. You know, I was with my best friends in my hometown football club. And I'm sorry. I just jumped up and I hugged my brother. I'm really sorry. It won't happen again. And they went okay as long as it doesn't happen again. <laughs> just, I know. It's just one of those things, I suppose. You know. But you know, the atmosphere has been been great down there. We're delighted to get through. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see who. We, who we get next and uh, you know we, we take each game as it comes but who knows where Wales will end up it just seems that you know at certain games we seem to produce the performance and as you said uh, Rob Page done such a good job and he's he's made the right substitutions at the right time and he's been positive I mean yesterday you know we were clinging on in Italy 1-0 with 10 men and he was he was substituted in like for like and I was thinking fair play to you you know he's, he's we've just had a go The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. So we turn to Scotland. We've had some bad news today about Billy Gilmore uh, failing a COVID test and uh, he will have to isolate now for 10 days, which is a real blow for them because he had such a cracking game on uh, Friday. Joining us now, a man we caught up with in uh, Glasgow and indeed we saw him again, didn't we? Saw him on the, <laughs> saw him on the train from Manchester coming to London <laughs> ahead of the game. Colin Hendry joins us. Hi, Colin. Gentlemen, how are you? Good, well, thank you. Yes, I mean, you were, you had uh, sort of duties around the match, but we know your boys went to the game. Did they, did they have a good experience? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, gentlemen, we had an absolute ball. We had a great time. Um, you know, I thought after the first game on the Monday, we did have to definitely get something from the game, which we did. We did ourselves extremely proudly. Um, I've even tweeted it that we got a, a nil nil win against England and of course <laughs> you're gonna get a few gonna get a few punters back having a tr- having a little dig at me. But um no it's it's mad that from when I seen you guys on the Monday mm. until now, the momentum was with us going into the first game. It then swung completely against us by getting beat. Um we then of course did okay. And you know, I'm going I'll I'll be not pessimistic, but optimistic. We did okay Friday night. We did we did okay. It gives us a chance to go into the game tomorrow. Um, and now there's a little bit more momentum going with us, except I've got to say it's really, really bad news to have heard about Billy Gilmore and how he's not going to be allowed to play. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he did have a good game. He struggled a little bit in the start of the match, but by the time he came off, everyone basically said he was man of the match. And uh, yeah, I thought Scotland were the better team. I mean, you, you know, obviously if Stones' header had gone in, it might have been a different story. But over the whole 90 minutes, you have to say Scotland really deserved, you know, they, was the if be- anybody they had the better of the draw. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's a comparison always made between the Scottish player and the English player and... I think to be fair to the to the Scottish team, we've got four is it four or five players playing in the Premiership, and one I mean I, I can pick any of the four, but I'll pick John McGinn for example. Now, he's he's carried Villa for a bit on his own hmm. from a Scottish point of view throughout the the this past season. I know Jack Grealish is the main man; he's he's regarded as a. <laughs> Is, is, is the next best thing for England but I mean England have got several we've, we've only got uh, well only got three or four maybe five but in saying that we're a team hmm. and this is what I've been this is where I've been trying to get to get people to understand that yeah it's a, it's a long time since we've done a competition and what um, what we gave on Friday night is acceptable and it's good for us to, to a platform for us to move on to the next game which we know we need to win in, in the game tomorrow against Croatia yeah now, just towards the end of the game, Stephen O'Donnell, we know, was having a bit of fun with Jack Grealish, telling him how good-looking he was and how much he liked his calves. I don't know if that's an approach you ever took. We'll come on to that. But in the end, he went chasing him, and, you know, Jack was sort of lollipops and step-overs, and he went chasing him. And he gave him a whack, and he got a booking. And I just thought yeah. at the moment, man, that's a cheap booking. Because you don't want to... You know, that's a really cheap yellow card for an important player, a guy that had a really good game and could have scored. Yeah, he played I mean, really I, well. It, it, just seemed, it just seemed a bit out of character, really. Well, you'd have to ask, you know, Donald that one. But yeah. to be fair, I mean, listen, we 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 were very proud of our performance, and you know, if 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 we do have if we blotted a copybook two or three times, well, that that might that might have been one of them. But I wouldn't blame Stephen O'Donnell because he came in for quite a, a, a bit of criticism mm. after the first game, and that he wasn't appropriately played, and he shouldn't have been appropriately played against the Czech Republic. But then he steps into Friday night. And gives a performance out like that. So I mean, hey, he's already old club. If he wants to go and kick the opposition, what's wrong with that? I just, like? well, I just hope it doesn't. I hope it, you know, if Scotland can get beyond, they get yeah, through this and regret it. He, he, he will miss the game, round of yeah. sixteen game when he has to take a book and he has mm. to take one for the team when it matters, which can happen when you're playing defence. But what, have no, you ever, have get, you ever charmed and have you ever charmed an attacker, <laughs> Colin? Have you ever got you ever played against a player and said, "Oh, yeah, I like your legs. Aren't you good looking?" I doubt I it. Yeah, I played for Blackburn against Manchester United. Mm. Um, we were getting beat two 0 and I got taken out of my comfort zone out the box, eighteen yard box at Ewood Park. And Andy Cole's got the ball, and I thought, oh, come on, oh, Andy, you're going up here, mate. You're going up. <laughs> and that's what I did. And I'd, I'd premeditatedly thought, you know, he's coming out. I'm taking him out. And as I turned round, I think it was Roger Milford. Mm. Don't you remember Roger? Roger's yes, got the yellow card stuck right in my face. It was a Pierre, Pierre, Pierre uh, Luigi Colina moment for Roger Milford because <laughs> it was right there with the eyes. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, everyone expected Scotland to play the way they played, to perform the way they played, to play with the spirit that they played with. Like we said, but, play the occasion that we were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. last and week. They, and they yeah, did all they that. Did. But I was saying to our friend Ali Ross, you know, who's a big Tartan Army supporter, you know, yeah. you've now got to show that you can do this against a team that aren't England. Do you know what I mean? I was getting frustrated with, you know, you see teams play Chelsea and they, they put everything into it and then the next game they lose 4-0 because they put everything into it. And you think, yeah. why don't you play like that every week? <laughs> so I, I do feel well, a bit I, like I, that about I, Scotland. 
I mean, to be fair, defensively, in, in, in our defence, in Scotland's defence, what we've always struggled really with is goal scoring. Yeah. And we've not scored a goal yet. And listen, it is to a lot of the English fans out there, and they said, and they tweeted back, said, oh, it's your cup final, etc., blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, but the expectancy of the England team um, from the England fans are that England are far superior and they were, they were going to wipe the floor 3-4-0 with us. You know, you'd big, you'd some big hitters out there giving it. Rio Ferdinand, Rio was giving it three or four, wasn't he? Mm. Um, so you know, I mean, one, that's one example. So um, I missed an opportunity actually to speak with him the other day on, on radio live radio. I, would, I really would have loved that one, <laughs> so, on, on, on the condition of what happened Friday night. But um, no, our problem's always been scoring goals. And listen, what we'll do from Friday night, we'll, we'll take that performance, <clears throat> we'll try and bottle it the best we can. And, and bring it back out tomorrow tomorrow night against the Croats. It's yeah. just, you know, and we've got a we've got a decent um, we've got a decent history against Croatia. I mean, I played myself out there. Um, we should have beat them on the night, but drew nil nil in a qualifier. And you know, we've, we've, we're not too bad, but we know the riches and, and the type of players they've got. Aging is the say, but hey, yeah. if we get a win tomorrow, let's let's that's that's the most important thing for us to, to, to win the game tomorrow evening. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, uh, every Monday we play you some Clips of the Week pewter. We call them that because they're they're not they're certainly not gold, um, but no. they are just a sort of <laughs> sample. One moment in time, as Whitney once said, from uh, December two thousand and seven. They just picked it. She loved Clips of the Week. She did picked at random, and uh, these are just how they went out in December two thousand and seven. So we can't promise. Gold, but can promise maybe a bit of pewter. So uh, we start, and we'll say we haven't heard these since, so it's all new to us as well. Mm. We start with a caller discussing the form of the former England forward and now Talk Sports' very own Darren Bent. You know, he's a lot better than, than Darren Bent. Now, Bent is, don't get me wrong, I like Bent. He's, he's probably a lot better footballer than I am. Well, yeah, he probably is, mate. He plays for England. <laughs> he's a professional. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to have that self-awareness yeah. as a caller, well isn't done. it, really? Yeah. It's to Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues now, talking sea bream with his guest and having a when Harry met Sally moment. I, I find it incomprehensible, because I've never seen one, uh, that, that a bream of £20... Oh, it must be amazing. I mean, oh. But I'm here. I'll have what he's having. It's a bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, it was a bit. I think it, it, it proves we made bad. quite a lot out of that, didn't we? It was obviously a, this was obviously a very quiet week. I wouldn't have put that one in. So we got we've raised the bar since. Have yeah, we, we have nominally. Here's uh, Alan Brazil singing the praises of either the Everton chairman or a former Premier League striker or both. I think he's going to be a, a top player, this Ken Wright Jones. I really, really do. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He can play. Don't worry about that. Ken Wright Jones. Let's join. Bill Ken Wright Jones joins us now. Yes. So, um, it, is it me? It is you. It's to Mike Perry now with a quiz question. Who played a one off gig this week at the BBC Electric Proms? That's uh, Paul Hawksby. <laughs> what? I thought I would have remembered that. <laughs> Isn't it? One off gig at the, at the electric proms. Don't you remember? I brought the house down. <laughs> Here's. Uh, you didn't have that. What's that the thing? The stylophone was it? Was that thing you could? Yes, play? I, I did. I, did, I like. I can, I, can, I, can, I can play the stylophone. Most people can. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm known for my stylophone playing. Uh, I think we'll draw a veil over that. Uh, anyway, here's a caller who had, uh, for reasons we won't go into, uh, here's a caller yeah. who had inside information on who the new Spurs manager was going to be. 
I got a text from a former Spurs player about six o'clock last night mm-hmm. uh, to say that Martin Yol had been sacked and Gus Poirier and uh, Wendy Ramos was coming in. Oh, she she would have done a great job, Wendy. <laughs> I think Wendy. nothing's changed, is it? <laughs> 2007, they're still talking about Tottenham manager Wendy Ramos. <laughs> uh, it's not often we make it onto Clips of the Week, but here I am with a question for Pele. And, of course, Brazil have done so much for the World Cup, it, it's only right that they should get the chance to host it. Excuse me? <laughs> Pelé not sure. Come on, Pelé. That Pelé was a perfectly sure. normal question, mate. And I did sound a bit husky. Maybe that's yeah. what put him off. Excuse me? Um, <laughs> back to Mr Parry's quiz now, and here's one for Ali Ross's unexpected morons in the bagging area. How many leaves on a four-leaf clover? Two. <laughs> for goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> That's oh, ridiculous. dear me. It's Adam Brazil again, coming back from the break in bizarre fashion. The Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Radio has set you up for the day on Talk Sport. Now, good morning, 18 minutes past 9 o'clock. Get your hands off me, you damn stinking ape. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Perry, what was going on there in the studio? <laughs> that was that was very strange. Where did that come from? No we, we'll never know. It's one well, of those. Oh, it was old, old from Planet of the Apes. But I just mm. wondered why he'd said it. Why he'd said it in the studio? Maybe they were going to get one of the actors on. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll never know. Anyway, more quiz <laughs> questions now. This time with Ronnie Arani. All you had to do was answer this question: In what year was Joe Kawasaki crowned WBL Super Middleweight World Champion? Was it A? 1995 or B, 2003, and the answer we were looking for was A, 1997. Oh, what? <laughs> which, was neither, which was neither A, A nor B. Fantastic. Uh, so, what's next, Andy? Here's Mike Perry rewriting the Euro 96 classic, Three Lions. Can the FA find a singer who'll get onto the centre spot mm. an hour before the game on Wednesday night and lead us in a chorus of Three Lions in My Shirt? <laughs> Three lions in my shirt. my shirt. You'd know about it, wouldn't you? You would really. They'd rip you apart. But maybe we should have put that in the documentary. It's a shame we didn't know about that before. And finally, staying with music, here's Alan Brazil. Yeah, all thanks to Israel. That's uh, Havanagila Baloran Rose, a Jewish folk song, a tribute to Israel uh, beating Russia, which makes it all possible tonight. For England, you expect to hear that song, by the way, over the next few weeks as well as we build up uh, to Christmas. Probably not. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Probably not Christmas, Al. <laughs> would be my possibly, guess. Possibly, but there we so go. So there we are. <laughs> Clips of the Week Pewter from 2007. <laughs> There's some funny. quite good ones in there. Yeah, very good. So anyway, uh, yes, we'll do we'll do that again <clears> uh, <throat> uh, next week. So, Andy, what have you noticed over the last well, 48 well, I hours? What I have noticed, this is, this is a trend we're starting to come in towards the end of last season. It's really noticeable in this tournament. With so much high pressing, mm. football's going back to route one. Everyone's going long, yeah. and you kind of have to. And what you need, of course, is a, is a strike with a lot. You need people who can run in behind. Mm. But, you know, they're putting it down the sides. They're putting it, you know... Oh, the France to... goal the other day. Oh, no. I mean, did it, you see that? Charles it... Hughes will be delighted. Yeah. Even uh, Ugo Lloris turned into uh, Edison. A lovely assist right but, down know, the middle. It, it is a way, isn't it? If, you, if a team insists on pressing you, it's, yes. it's the way to counter it. And it seems to be happening more and more. So. A bit of a nightmare from an assistant producer at the BBC. I don't know if you saw this story. They were looking to uh, find an ex-England player to do some work with, uh, on a mm. CBBB, sorry, CBBC show oh, yeah. with two of their presenters. And they put a call in 
to uh, Gordon Banks, former agent. Oh, dear. Not great. Not great. That's somebody uh, somebody should have checked. Yeah, they should. Um, now, where was I, what was I going to talk about? Oh, the Beckhams. Have you seen the planning news? Planning news concerning the Beckhams. They're building a bat hotel, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw this. Yes. Yeah, it is it's, a bat hotel. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it's a hotel sounds a bit of an exaggeration, is it? For five stars or a hotel? Yeah, no, is it's it? good. It's um, well, the house itself. When I read mm. this, because mm. uh, the headline says Beckham's build bat hotel, and I kind of sped through it, and mm. it says. Uh, the house will have a gym, yoga space, and a wine cellar. I thought, what well, for bats? <laughs> it's very nice, isn't it? Yeah, um, but apparently no. They're, it's it, they're going to be working, uh, going to minimise light spillage, so the bats move in. So they're they're welcoming the bats into yeah. into Beckham Towers. Sure, bats have had a bit of a bad rap in the past year. I'm yeah, not sure they not, yeah well, maybe they want to redress the balance for bats, give them a slightly better. But please, PR. I make it uh, really. Can we stop newspapers? Can we stop doing how something might look? So for in this uh, hangout, how Bex might look, and he's basically they've put him upside down. Oh, okay, as, as a bat. Yeah, of as course, a bat. that, that, that would make sense. And, uh, and Romeo Beckham has... Uh, have you seen this? He said uh, he took his Maserati Levante with prices starting at 58 grand for a spin. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, even if he's earned the money himself, I'm not sure an 18-year-old should be driving a Maserati Levante. <laughs> not my idea. Imagine the insurance the is fairly hefty. the insurance and being also... If you have a car like that when you're 80, what have you got to... Where's your incentive in life? Well, just I get, find it get so new mad. Model. It's tough love with you, Andy, you know, is it? I, well, you know, I, mean, I, I had, you know, my parents were pretty well off when I was growing up, but they, they certainly wouldn't have let me drive a car like that. Didn't you have an E-type Jag? No, I did not. I had a little old Mini, and that was it. Your brother did, though, didn't you? Yeah, Nicked it once, didn't you? Yeah, no, you nicked your brother's E-type. Oh, no, yeah, that was good. <laughs> He's we not down. changed. Well, the thing was, it was, uh, it was a... It has a sporting connotation because uh, there was a thing to try and find uh, the the late and Tony Gregg did this to try and find some fast bowling talent. Oh yeah, I think it was the time when the West Indies were really you know, had four great fast bowlers on the mm. pitch and probably four in the pavilion that could have played, and we didn't seem to have any. So he started this idea to find a fast bowler. And yeah, my friend Dave was a good good bowler. So uh, he, and it was at Hove. So he went down there. I wrote for him, got him in the trial and everything. So oh, I said, right. "Well done." I said, well, well, "My brother was away. I thought, oh, I might as well borrow his car." I have the jag. <laughs> you nick the jag. Yeah, drove down oh, to Brighton. Marvelous. He didn't prank it or anything. Was no, it right, I didn't was actually. It? No. It was, Did he find out your brother? No, he didn't. He was oh. very cross. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, I'm back with Max tomorrow. Andy's back on Friday. Glenn Hoddle will be among our guests, and a man who went on an epic quest. Uh, a Scotland fan around the Euros. Fairly mad, but we'll tell you more tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.